Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly Pokies Burke, and this is the Career Slay Podcast. Imagine the impact we could have on society if everyone loved what they did. That's what Career Slay is all about. I'm interviewing people who love their jobs and asking them how they got there and what they've learned along the way. We're here to slay the fear in career. My next guest on Career Slay is Nat Amaritana. Nat has a total of 15 years of finance and banking experience with large companies like J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs. He recently made a career switch and joined Amazon earlier this year as a global partner funding manager. He has worn many hats throughout his career and has found his passion mostly as a people manager. Welcome to Career Slay, Nat. Hey, thanks for having me. I just want to say I'm really, really excited to be here and honored to be here. Not because I want to share my story, but more so because I'm just really proud of you guys. So just really happy to be a part of it. Thank you so much, Nat. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. And you have an amazing story. So let's dive in. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. I grew up in Thailand, moved to the States when I was 13. We lived in New Jersey throughout high school and then moved to Texas when my dad found a business opportunity and just never left. Went to UTA approaching the mid-career point, I guess, I started to feel lazy. That's when I went back to get my MBA. And after that point on, I felt like I'm figuring myself out as a person and also as a, a professional. So tell me more about your experience as an immigrant. Yeah. So I moved to New Jersey from Thailand when I was 13, right? Like going through puberty in a foreign country, not really knowing the language besides, hello, how are you? Where's the bathroom? Right? So yeah. um <laughs> I felt like I knew who I was and I had my own personality like in Thailand and starting all over new in the States was was just a culture shock. And I had a hard time kind of adjusting. I was always trying to fit in, mm-hmm. you know, in high school and in, in college. I was like, well, finance seems cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll fit in with that crowd. It's definitely cooler than accounting. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> When I came to the States, I didn't really have that much guidance. Not to say that like my parents weren't there for me. I just think that they were also trying to adjust. I was kind of learning all of that along the way and trying to figure out this whole American culture thing and what the American dream that everyone talks about actually is. It's just taken a lot of time for me to really figure out what my career path should be. So why did you choose finance? I chose finance at the time because, to be honest, I didn't have any other choice. It was more of like, hey, I just thought finance was kind of cool, I guess. And just like any finance major out of college, where do you look for a job? At a big bank. Yeah. So what was it about that mid-career point that you started to get bored In the earlier stages of my career, I got an offer right when I was about to graduate at JPMorgan Chase Bank. And I was doing nothing. I was scanning checks, right? People would mail in checks and you process the checks and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then I started to like, well, this is, this is like so Mickey Mouse. You know, I, <laughs> I, I want to do something else. So I, I looked internally and then I got a job in trade settlements. What is that? Yeah, so you'd have like clients that would do trades. These are institutional clients for a bank. Uh, they would do trades on a market and you have like a settlements team who manages like cash operations and making your trades are settled on time, et cetera. So that was kind of my first like real finance and banking experience. And once I kind of got there, 
I was all over the place. I was like, oh, wow, I got a big boy job now. I have money in my pocket. I'm going to go and party. <laughs> so I partied my <laughs> entire like first few years of being with JP Morgan. Yeah. But also I'm competitive in nature, mm-hmm. you know. So after a year and a half within that specific seat, I'm like, okay, well, how do I get promoted? So I was in trade settlements for a while. And then I started kind of managing people within that space. I got tapped on the shoulder to go do some fund of hedge funds, which is a whole nother world. And then moved over to like do mutual funds operations. Up to that point was when I was like, okay, it doesn't matter what team I'm moving to. It it feels the same. Mm -hmm. It feels like I can go in, I can learn it. I can be really good at it. I can manage a strong team. But at the same time, I'm like, I just don't feel sharp. I just felt like this was still easy and I was coasting. So one day I was talking to Clarice and um, Clarice is his wife. Clarice is my wife. I was like, you know, I'm, maybe I should just go get my MBA. So I looked into going to University of Dallas. It made the most sense. I was on the way home from work and uh, sent them my resume. And they're like, okay, cool. You can enroll in two weeks. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm really doing this. <laughs> um, and so once I enrolled, I was like, okay, I'm going full steam. So you were working full-time and going to school? Yeah. Okay. So I would do school four nights a week and I would take one Saturday class. And as soon as I said, I'm committing to this, I like stopped partying. I didn't see my friends. That was the time in my life where I felt like I needed to pivot and I needed to really change, Mm -hmm. you know, because I wasn't going anywhere. Okay. And after I graduated, I was like, okay, well, I got this paper now. Like, what do I do with it? So then I just start blasting out resumes and then after that, I, I got into Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. Still in finance, though. So Still, yeah. you were saying you wanted to pivot, but what kept you in finance? It, was it you just wanted to pivot to another yeah, company? Yeah, I, I think finance and banking is, is so big, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and there's so many functions and those functions are very niche. So like if you're in trade settlements or you're in mutual funds or you're in mortgage, you kind of get sometimes pigeonholed into those areas of expertise Mm -hmm. as a professional. So I was like, okay, well, it's either I leave banking and finance altogether, or I'm going just to a completely different area of finance and banking. Mm -hmm. Goldman at the time was, it felt like it was going to be a challenge. That was actually the first time that I had stepped out of being a people manager. So all this time you're managing teams. Yeah. Okay. And um, when I went to Goldman, I was an individual contributor and I felt like I missed managing people. Okay. And so I started kind of looking. And after three and a half years at Goldman, I boomeranged back to JP Morgan. So you go back to JP Morgan, really driven by your passion for building teams and managing people. What are you doing at JP Morgan? So here's a little bit of a, a story, I guess, is to never burn bridges. I was at Goldman and then um, my old boss hit me up on LinkedIn. I was like, hey, building up a team, want to join me? And I was like, okay, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he called me and another colleague of mine and we were both kind of very competitive and we pushed each other. So I knew that working with her was going to help me like be better. Mm -hmm. And also I knew that, hey, this is the path to VP title. And so this is what I wanted. Yeah, you get to VP title at JP Morgan. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that journey. Yeah, so I think anyone in banking would kind of want to go after the title at some point, whether they want to admit it or not, because what does that come with? Compensation. Yeah. That's always kind of been on the back of my mind 
to me, that's a milestone in your career, you know, going back to how you measure your success. Yeah. Right. Like you create your own metrics like, well, I want to get to VP by the time I'm this age, 30 or whatever. How long did it take you to get to that point in your career? At that point, I was, I want to say like 11 to 12 years in to my career. Prior to that, I've always wished like, man, I should have been a VP by now. I should have been a VP by now. But once I actually got there, I was like, you know what? If I had gotten promoted earlier on, I don't think I would have been ready. It's not just about how well you can do the job. You know, it's like, how well do you play with others, right? Like, what is your overall impact to the organization? And it's not just what's in front of you. Yeah. The job itself kind of scared me a little bit because, you know, that was in commercial banking and I had no experience in commercial banking. So that's why I, I, I took it and I was like, okay, this is a good start for me. How big was your team? My team ended up being, I think, around nine and growing like an analyst pool. Yeah. So bringing in college grads and creating a career path for that population. And that part of the job was probably the most fun, more so than actually managing like client projects. Yeah. So that's where your passion for people kind of stemmed from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that whole experience really solidified my desire to be like a people manager. And I always try to hire people that are way smarter than me. (laughs) Yeah. And um, there are kind of different things that I look for. But along the way, I try to share the mistakes that I've made. It's one of those things where, hey, I've made this mistake. It would help you to kind of stay away from from this. Mm -hmm. I kind of enjoy that mentoring aspect of managing people too. And the best part about it all is seeing people get promoted and yeah. seeing people, you know, really um, be successful in, in, in what they're able to deliver as business results, right? Because I really think that business results is really a byproduct mm-hmm. of how strong you've built the relationships like within your team, like what kind of work dynamics did you create? What culture are you fostering yeah. right, within your team? It's the people who drive the results, right? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So while you were at JP Morgan, you had a major life event happen. Tell us more about that. Yeah. In 2019, I was diagnosed with advanced stage Hodgkin's lymphoma. It was a complete shock to my world. Things moved very quickly. 12 rounds of chemo, 17 of radiation, going into the pandemic, just like yourself too, right? Yeah. That just created another perspective in life. I felt like I've, I was already maturing as a person, right? I've, I've really grown up, you know, um, being a dad, I think is probably the proudest thing that I know is a part of my identity, right? But knowing that I have an expiration date, you know, like yeah. that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And so talking about it now, like still brings back all those feelings and emotions, you know, there was one quote that I was reading from a book called Option B. She said that, and not verbatim, but dying is easy, mm-hmm. right? For the person who's dying, you just die. Yeah. And nothing else happens to you, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the hard part is with everyone else. The people who you have the most impact within their lives, you know, those are the people who are going to suffer. And so that's how I've been kind of approaching life since then. But also, you know, it aligns with my values when it comes to my career. If you think about it, I can work and do whatever job that I'm in and, and say, kind of like dying is easy. I, yeah, I just do whatever and just kind of don't really pay attention to it much. I just let this team fail, or let this project fail, whatever. Okay, well, you may get fired or you don't get the business results that you want, but mm-hmm. 
the organization as a whole and your team as a whole is also going to crumble. Yeah. Right. So it's not really kind of just about you, you know, when it comes to your career. And that's how like this life experience had really, you know, been a major part of how I approach my career too. Yeah. I mean, I can obviously relate so hard to your experience. And when I got diagnosed, you were one of the first people that I reached out to when we had this conversation about like, we really like what we do. We are very passionate about our jobs and we provide for our families. Mm -hmm. And it was a very hard, it was a hard like realization to balance the two. Mm -hmm. It was like, how can I show up and be a good worker, but then also take care of myself? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of sad in a way because we move so fast, right? I had to, in a way, wait for something to happen to make me realize yeah. like the really important things in my life even more. Don't wait for an event to put life in perspective, right? And so um, that was a really hard pill to swallow. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I was diagnosed while I was at work and you kind of just go blank and you um nothing you you zoned in on the the problem to solve like right in front of you and nothing else matters and it, it stayed like that for for months you know mm -hmm. and sometimes for people who have chronic illnesses it, it's years you know we're so lucky because we got that second lease on life and luckily it changed the way we approach work and mm -hmm. how that funds our life. Yeah. And I think also in a way I knew I wasn't going to die, which was really strange. Obviously the prognosis was in my favor. Right. But at the same time, like I was like, I'm not dying. That kind of goes back to my personality as yeah. well. Like I'm competitive in nature. Like I'm not going to let this, this damn thing kill me. Yeah. I'm going to outwork cancer. Or, yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and so, and, and the same thing as, as you know, when I'm sitting at my job at my desk, yeah. right. It's like, okay, well, here's a problem. Let's solve it. You know, I, I'm a problem solver in nature. You know, I try to be less emotional about things when it comes to real problems, mm -hmm. you know, and so it's completely transformed me as a person. Yeah. And you're okay today now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, post chemo, body's taking a lot of beating. I, I am stuck with a chronic illness and routine visits are pretty normal, but that's a part of life now. What am I going to, what am I going to do? Yeah, I was telling someone the other day that once you get diagnosed with cancer, like it never, even if you're deemed cancer free, it never leaves you. Like there's always this like little banshee in the back of your head that's mm -hmm. like, hey, I might come back. And so it just gives you this fuel to live your life to the fullest every day and really prioritize the things that are important. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yes. I know that sometimes I tend to overwork myself, but I also know that it's my job to provide for my family and how well I do at my job and my career is going to determine how and what type of lifestyle I'm going to be able to provide my family. So it's really hard and we just all have to find a balance and there's no perfect balance ever, in my opinion. Yeah, There's going to be days where certain things in your life is really going to require more attention and more effort. So that balance is always going to have to be recalibrated. Yeah, I like to call it work-life flow, you know, because it's like sometimes you're going to be heavy in 
on one area of your life, whether that's work or whether that's your personal life. But at the end of the day, it all has to flow together. Mm-hmm. Okay, you come out of this life-changing experience. What do you do after that from a work perspective? Yeah, um, so my boss, my colleagues, my team were very, very supportive throughout. I was able to take, obviously, time off, intermittent leave, and was still supporting the team working from home. But after that, I mean, I kind of got back to business as usual. And so what made you want to make a career switch into Amazon? I never burned bridges, right? And so um, I had a colleague that sent me a text saying, my boss just left, apply for this. Be so, my boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, literally. Yeah. So I applied and I got the job and I was like, should I leave? Because I love my team. Mm-hmm. Like that was the team that I was very, very proud of. Great managers, great colleagues. And it was something that, that was really, really hard to walk away from. Mm-hmm. Why did I decide to do that? Every year, doesn't matter what job I'm in, I'm applying for something else. And this is not because I'm looking for something but it's always like, hey, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm staying sharp. It's that growth mindset. Yeah, I don't have the option to say yes or no if I don't have the opportunity to say yes or no. Yeah. And I've turned down many, many jobs. And so put yourself out there. I always put myself out there and I interview. And if I, it feels good, mm-hmm. I take it. With this career switch, going into Amazon, I was terrified. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, I don't know the first thing about technology. The only thing that I know is I just, turn it off and turn it back on <laughs> and hopefully that it hopefully it works again right That's like, like what the it guy yeah, says it's exactly. like restart your computer <laughs> right but to be fair I, I know that going into this position it wasn't techie managing like the funding process for our partners and stuff like that so it was more process oriented yeah product management program management rather than actual like being a tech developer but this space scared me mm-hmm. and I was like okay, I'm getting this feeling again that I'm going to take this job because it scares the crap out of me. Okay, if something scares you, why dive into it? Um, if it scares me, it's a chance for me to master it or overcome it, mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't seek things that are easy. Yeah. I just have that feeling of like, I have something to prove and I don't know what I'm proving, but it's something that I feel like I have to do. Yeah, I have this quote in my office that says, good work is easy, great work is hard. And that reminds me of like, hey, if something scares you, like move into the fear because you can conquer it and you can overcome it. That's awesome. And you have to be okay with failing. So you take the leap and what are you doing now? Within the space that I sit in is Amazon Web Services, AWS, cloud storage, computing and all that. So you have these big companies that are trying to grow and, you know, get off premise and get into cloud. And so we have a partner network is over 100,000 partners. Mm-hmm. And so there's a funding program, meaning these partners can work on projects such as trying to get on to cloud. Mm-hmm. And how much is that project going to cost? And we're willing to fund this much for this project or this proof of concept or mm-hmm. et cetera. So in making this career switch, what from your past jobs or transferable skills that you've taken into this new job? I'd probably say project management. Mm -hmm. Being in project management allows you to see things from many angles, right? Because you have a lot of key stakeholders that don't know what the other one is (laughs) doing, right? So you're kind of playing that middleman Mm -hmm. and building that relationship 
your passion is developing people. Do you have a team in this new role? I do. Yeah. Um, a team of five right now. The folks on my team are extremely sharp. I go to them for answers. I don't have answers, mm-hmm. you know, so kind of have to readjust and again, make sure that my focus is really on, okay, what is the next step for like my team? Yeah. What's the roles and responsibilities? How can I get them into the right spotlight or the right platform to get the right exposure to help them create their own brand within the company, right? Yeah, it's cool that you find your purpose and your passion through shining a light on the other people on your team. Tell me a little bit more about why it's so important to find purpose in your job. I think that I have to find something that I'm good at. Because if you're really good at something, you end up being pretty passionate about it. It's really just finding the undiscovered strengths, you know, through trial and error. Yeah. And I've never really been the type of person who's after the money. Mm-hmm. Even though, obviously, like you went into banking, no big deal, <laughs> right? And you know, who doesn't want money? Who doesn't want yeah, more money, right? That syncs up. But yeah, but 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 my career decisions had never really been based on the money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more of like, okay, where's that positioning me? Yeah, and I think just thinking back to our experiences, money is great for stability. But then once you're stable, once you feel like you've got a handle on things, then it's less of a motivator because you realize that your currency is time. Yeah, that's true. A hundred percent. And but that that may not be true for someone else. Totally. Right. And so you just have to constantly like reevaluate your values. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you really want? And as a problem solver, I always kind of follow like these three things that I do is detach refocus, and then define what my values are at that current moment in time. Because if you don't detach yourself from that situation or that problem that you're facing, you end up making decisions based on how you feel emotionally Mm -hmm. a lot of times. Yeah, I think a lot of people can get overwhelmed and stressed out by the minutia of the everyday. Mm -hmm. And Things that seem like huge problems because we're trying to strive for this perception of perfection are in the grand scheme of things. They're really just minor problems. But if you take that step back, if you refocus, if you align your actions with your values, then you really have nothing to regret. Exactly. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. Looking back, what advice would you give your 20 year old self? Think about what your values are and then follow those values when it comes to making career decisions, but most importantly, build relationships. All right. We ask this question to everyone on the podcast. If you had to sum up your career in three words, what would it be? Always a student. I like learning, so it doesn't really matter what role I'm in, what team I'm on. I just want to learn and I just want to be better. Yeah. And I love how, you know, before we started this conversation, we talked about you wanted your message to be, hey, I'm still figuring things out, Mm -hmm. but I have this unique perspective. And so it's really beautiful that you have that growth mindset and are always pushing yourself to be better. Not many people can say that they love their job and they love what they do. And I don't think I'm one of those people. I don't hate my job. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. But I appreciate And I love the path that I'm on Mm -hmm. and the path that I have discovered, you know, and being able to make impact on people's career. To me, that's probably the most fulfilling thing about 
being on this path that I'm on. That's amazing. Well, thank you, Nat, so much for sharing your story. Thanks. I know you're going to be an amazing boss and manager to so many people. I wish I was on your team. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I do want to ask, though, because you asked the question to your your guests too, right? Like, yeah. Like, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Ooh, um, I will tell you what my mom told me when I was graduating. And I, I was freaking out because I had $80,000 in student loan debt. I was going to be moving to Chicago, making basically nothing. And my mom told me, Kelly, don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. She told me about how she came to the U.S. with only $25 in her pocket and a suitcase. And she said, look at this life that we've built. She was able to send me and my sisters to school. And that was her entire dream. And so when I look back at what my parents did for us, I just hope and pray that I can do the same for my daughter. There you go. No, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I wanted to ask you that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, thanks, Nat. I really appreciate you sharing your story on Career Slay, and I know it's going to help a lot of people. This is inspiring. It's empowering. And I admire the grind and the hustle very, very much. And so congrats. This is awesome. Thank you so much. The Career Slay podcast is a co-production of Career Slay and Wild Reply, produced by Michael Burke. Stay tuned for some great conversations on slaying the fear in career.